I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Hello, everyone. Colorado has earned a top spot as one of the top places, unfortunately, for wah-wah car theft. So this isn't one of those like we're the most desirable city or um, one of those uh, top spots that we like to talk about, but we're still talking about it today. Um, cities across our state and across the country are battling back in various ways against uh, motor vehicle theft. And today I'm welcoming Colorado Springs Police Officer MJ Thompson. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, to talk about this topic and what's happening specifically here in our community in Colorado Springs. So you are part of um, the crime prevention team. Is that uh, accurate? Yep. Right? So yep. that's one of the divisions within the Colorado Springs Police it's a Department? Unit. Yeah, it's a, a four unit. Man unit. Yeah. Okay. And I was just going to say, so only four people <laughs> yeah, in four. there doing a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Not just on um, car theft, but on all types of different yeah, we, areas. Our primary responsibility is to run the neighborhood watch groups. But okay. uh, we branch off and focus into a lot of different things. And motor vehicle theft prevention is part of that. Okay. And so you do have some help, um, so to speak, from these neighborhood watch captains and communities that are out there. Oh, absolutely. Trying to do what yes. they can to help absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay. Do a great job. Um, and <clears throat> so give us an idea first of what we're seeing in our city. And we, you know, we want to give these st statistics not to depress or panic people, but right. just so people are aware that it is indeed a problem. It's not because we're seeing some headlines about it. We're hearing about different cities that are really struggling with this as an issue. Um, and I just want it to come from you that yeah. yes, it is. It is an issue. It is. It's uh, it's very problematic. Uh, so the numbers are a bit staggering, not to, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, last year in 2023, we had 4,383 motor vehicle thefts. Which basically accounts to about 12 a day. Uh, wow. That's what we're experiencing in Colorado Springs. Um, and are we, how do we compare to other Colorado cities? Pretty high. I pretty think Denver's high. the only highest, uh, mm -hmm. a little bit higher. Um, I think Denver and Aurora are pretty high, right? Yeah, we're, right. we're, we're up there. We're up, right um, up there. Yeah, it's a problem all around. Yeah, but it's not just exclusive to Colorado. That's, it's, it's across the nation. Um, and there's one thing, you know, since we're talking numbers, I do want to throw some numbers out. Yes. Um, we've all heard about the Kia and Hyundai issues. Yes. So yes. out of those 4,383 motor vehicle thefts, 1,314, or about 30%, were just Kias and Hondas. So that's not diminishing anything or saying we still have a lot of motor vehicle thefts. But with the whole TikTok Videos yeah, explain for Kia people Boy that video. explain for people who haven't heard of this. So yeah, there was, was a how-to video. Yeah, right? basically there was a how-to video on, on how to steal Kias and Hondas. There was a little bit of a, uh, I won't say manufacturer defect, but people learned how to beat the system where they could basically mm -hmm. download an app or on a jump drive and plug it into the car and drive off in the car. Um, and with the explosion of social media, the high school kids and stuff learned about it, and it became a little prank and kind of a. Um, something fun to do. And mm -hmm. so it kind of exploded all across the country. And we're not immune to that. You know, we're a big city now. As a native of Colorado Springs, you know, um, I've seen the city grow. And it's funny being a native, people go, oh, Colorado Springs is still a small city. Mm -hmm. We're not a small city anymore. You right. know, we're, we're big. So we have right. our, fair, our fair share of big city problems and motor vehicle theft is part of that. Right. And, and so those numbers, can you give, I know, I know, of course you can't pinpoint exact reasons, but what are some of the reasons that police believe that these numbers are going up? There's a lot of factors. In addition to that, to it. yeah, TikTok. There's a lot of factors. Okay. Yeah, not just the Kia and Hyundai 
you know, there's some statu um, statute issues where there was some um, lowering or decriminalization of the penalties for stealing vehicles where it wasn't quite so harsh. Um, so we, people are willing to take the risk. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of when it gets down to what we call joyriding, for lack of better terms. If you go take a car, that's a, that's a cheaper, older car. Um, you know, um, they realized they could do that with, without such harsh penalties. Mm -hmm. And so, again, those high school kids, younger kids that are out having fun, doing silly things, um, they took advantage of that. And, you know, plus geographically where we're located in the United States, you know, we're right on the I-25 corridor, mm -hmm. you know, roughly 70 miles north. We have I-70 that runs east and west through the United States. And, um, you know, people use vehicles to transport drugs. Marijuana is also legal in Colorado, so people use those to um, export drugs from Colorado. So all of that kind of boils into what we call like the perfect storm of, of motor vehicle theft. So some of it's geographical, some of it's statutorial, some of it's the, the um, TikTok challenges, and it just kind of all... And some of it probably has to do with the fact that I have heard from your department that juvenile crime in general is up, correct? it is. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's very problematic, not just for motor vehicle theft, for, for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and other numbers that are kind of staggering in those motor vehicle thefts are, are the amount of guns that people leave unsecured or just in their vehicle. You know, hundreds of guns are stolen because um, people leave them in the car. The car gets stolen or the car gets oh. broken into and then they take guns too. So that's mm -hmm. also very problematic. So, mm -hmm. um that contributes to the issue as well. It leads to a lot of problems. So I want to talk about two things. Um, number one, uh, what the police department is doing. Number two, what residents can do. So yeah. to start out, what are what is your department doing or can do or hopes yeah, to absolutely. do uh, to, to combat this problem right now and in the future? Sure. So out of that, I, I also would be remiss if I don't talk about about 73% of those 4,000 vehicles are recovered by our department. No, that's so a great stat. That's pretty good. Yes. Now, th mm -hmm. there's a little caveat in that. Just because we recover your vehicle, it doesn't mean that vehicle is going to be operable, right? Sometimes they use them to commit other crimes. They damage them very heavily. Right. Uh, so we want people to realize that if you are a victim of motor vehicle theft, it doesn't mean that you're going to get your vehicle back in good working order. There's but insurance it's, issues. Right, but it's good to know that it's we not gone forever Correct. most of the time. Correct. Right, okay. Um, but some of the things that we're doing is the education piece. Okay. So that's what my unit primarily does. does. Again, going back, working with neighborhood watch groups and community groups, is we're trying to educate people on how not to become a victim of motor vehicle theft. One of those, if we're just going to talk about the Kias and Hondas, is make sure you're doing the factory mandated updates. Mm -hmm. So we went out and we partnered with some local Kia dealerships and actually did a PSA and said, hey, look, if you've got this model year or these model year vehicles, there is a free update you can take to the Kia dealership and it will help prevent your, or not prevent, but help keep your vehicle from being another statistic. So again, educating the public, look, that's free. It's not going to charge you or they're not going to charge you to do that. Um, other things are just simple prevention tips. Um, what we're seeing a lot of too, as particularly in my division, which is the Northeast division of the city, which is the Stetson Hills division, are people are literally leaving key fobs or keys in their vehicle. Parked like, in their driveway. Like right in the little cup holder. Right in the cup holder. They'll I leave know. it in their purse. They'll leave it in their wallet and they'll leave it on their front front you know, seat or in the back seat. And, and, and unfortunately, the criminals are exploiting that uh, in the summer. Especially if it's visible. They Absolutely. see it right in there. They, they hop there's, right there's in. There's nothing. They hop the car and take off. So again, that's an education piece. And, you know, people say the public says, well, I should be able to leave my vehicle in my driveway and not worry about locking it up. And like, well, unfortunately, going back to Colorado Springs is now a big city. You know, 25, 30 years ago, maybe you could have gotten away with that a little bit more. You can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, 
So again, it's education. And you really are seeing these vehicles stolen from Everywhere. all different locations. Absolutely. Right. I just I want mean, to be clear for people. It can happen at any place and you absolutely. really want to be conscious of just locking the door, taking the keys with you. And yeah. then also how important is it or effective, I should say, to... Um, uh, you know, I've heard the tip of, you know, make sure you're parking in well-lit areas. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. That, that's we sometimes forget. That's yeah. a huge thing we push in Neighborhood Watch is don't make it conducive for the criminal, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure mm-hmm. your lights are on outside. If you're going to park in a shopping mall or a, or a, you know, public place, park near the front of the entrance where there's lots of people coming and going. It's more obvious that somebody's tinkering with their car mm-hmm. trying to get in. Um, just simple. Don't simple make it easy. Like don't make it easy. Yeah. 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 And then I'll always... Be conscious about what you're leaving in your car visible. Always. Does that make a difference? Absolutely. So, so that's another thing we, we talk not on just motor vehicle theft, but like burglary of motor vehicle. Right. You might have a gym bag full of old gym clothes sitting in your car and you know it's full of gym clothes. At night when a criminal is going by and they look in, they don't know that it's a gym bag full of clothes. They think that might have a you know computer, cell phone, a wallet, laptop, yeah, whatever. Right. And so they makes it operable and it's a crime of opportunity. They'll break the window or if the vehicle is not locked. I.e. another thing we see, they simply don't lock their vehicles. They'll open it up and bam, mm-hmm. now they've taken it. And if the keys are there or whatever, now the vehicle's gone. I know one <clears throat> uh, complaint that, you know, we receive at the city and, and you at the police department, all of us, is that people get frustrated about the response times Absolutely. from, and we are working hard on trying to increase the number of police officers, correct, that yes, we have ma'am. out on the street. We've got yeah. these rolling academies going. Absolutely. and First time ever. You know, I've been yes. there 25 years. I know. Can you officer. talk about that? I, I mean, think it's great. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was an initiative started by Mayor Southers and rolled into to Mayor Yimmy working with Chief Vasquez is yes. because, you know, it takes a long time to get an officer on the street. By the mm-hmm. time they even apply and get into the academy, you're looking at potentially up a year's of a year's time mm-hmm. um, to do all the background checks and things like that. And then by the time they go and complete the academy, they get out and fill training. It's like a year and a half, potentially two years. So when we had that just once a year hiring, we're always stopping and starting that process over. And so uh, the powers to be, i.e. the mayor, the chief got together and said, hey, let's just keep that process going where we're not having to stop it. And let's just start pumping out academies. And again, 25 years, it's the first time I've ever seen it. And we're just now, I think it was last week or maybe the week prior, we just had our first class of the recur- yes. uh, Recurring Academy graduate. And I 32 think graduates, I think. Yeah, right, right around there. Yeah, mm-hmm. 32. And there's another 30 to 35 or whatever it is now. I don't know the exact number, but it's in and they're just going to go um, and just keep pushing them out, which is great because um, it helps alleviate that time, which does go back to helping our response times um, when mm. And the citizens call in because we work for the citizens. We truly do. And it's frustrating when they call and say, hey, my vehicle was stolen and we might not get there for a couple hours or maybe even a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's frustrating. So, yes, yes, all those things were working together to try to help that and, and alleviate those response times. And it is really one of those situations where you all can't do it alone. I mean, you re- which is why you go out, I know, and do the outreach and the education. Yep. You need these neighborhood watch captains. You need these neighborhoods who are lo- – and neighbors looking out for neighbors. I know one of Mayor Yemi's initiatives that he's really talking about this year, his priority um, – is really that like community activation Absolutely. and collaboration. Um, he's trying to get neighborhood block parties going yep. and different people gathering and just, just even, you don't have to be their best friend, but knowing your neighbor so yes. that you're looking out for them and you can see if there's suspicious activity. It's a great, great uh, philosophy because what we talk at Neighborhood Watch is, is being neighborly. That's literally yes. our phrase, just being neighborly, right? If somebody new walks in or moves in, it's not custom anymore for people to go across the street and introduce themselves. So it's just as a society, that's not what we do anymore. Right. Growing up here, 
40, 50 years ago. That's what we did. So we talk about that neighborhood watch. Bake them some cookies, MJ. Bake them cookies, you know? a cake, whatever. <laughs> But, but maybe not. You don't have to, but right. just you look out for, just yeah. look out for one another. Yeah. It so, does make a difference. It does. Yeah. It does. And so again, going back to that, we could not do what we do as a police department and have that 73% motor vehicle theft recovery without the public, without okay. our neighborhood yes. groups, because there are eyes and ears. Right. Right. Really good point. Yeah. Um, so anything <laughs> else in terms of other trends or tips or anything that your office is seeing or, or that you would like to spread? Just, you know, the we, just let the public know we are using technology, you know, uh, license plate readers and things like that to try to recover vehicles and, and things. We have some really good technology within the city that we're also using to help uh, implement, um, you know, crime prevention techniques. So we do have that stuff, too, and that's all forward thinking, and we are a very forward thinking department. So we have other things like that. But I have I mean, heard a lot of cities around the country are doing the license plate trackers, they are. And, it's good. and that's really helpful. It's phenomenal. Okay. Yes. And how does that work? Well, there's cameras throughout the city and uh, they're strategically placed uh, high crime locations and just some traffic intersections where um, it will read a license plate. And if we need to, to find a vehicle, we can simply run that plate through the system and say, hey, that vehicle was here at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a good system. Yeah. Great system. Yeah. So things like that are helping also. Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything else for folks to just think just daily uh, for crime prevention? Well, what are some of the big things you tell people when you go out to educate? Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell them, I like to go back and say, when I was a patrol officer 25 years ago, patrolling the streets, right? The city was half a million less people, or, right? 250,000 less, uh, less people than what we have now. Um, you know, I patrolled the same area every night and I kind of knew the people and I knew the cars and I knew who belonged there. But now, unfortunately with the growth of our city and, and, um, our, low staffing of officers, our officers don't get to do that. They're mm-hmm. kind of bouncing all over the city. They don't get a real good feel of what belongs in a neighborhood. Um, you know, what vehicles belong, what people don't, but the people that live there do. And so that's where we tell them that's where their eyes and ears. If something doesn't feel right or doesn't seem right, we want them to call and, and let us know. Again, that's all the partnership and working with the community saying, Hey, look, you need to let us know because unfortunately with our staffing levels, we're just, we can't be everywhere, just like mm-hmm. you said. And so we really rely on them. And again, that's the education piece is let us know. If something doesn't feel right, pick up the phone, give us a call. Now with technology and cell phones, and we would never tell anybody to endanger themselves. But if you can take a picture of somebody breaking into a car or just somebody that's acting suspicious. Right, from a safe from distance. From a safe distance right. and send it to us, it really does help us. And, <clears throat> and what do you recommend people call your non-emergency line? Typically, I mean, obviously, if you're in an emergency situation, call 911, but otherwise you don't want to flood the 911 dispatchers with anything that's non-emergent. So what is that? Is it still 444? 444, 7,000. And that's a good point. If you come home, again, it's a big deal if your car's gone, right? You come home, you're out shopping and one of your vehicles is stolen. You're going to want to naturally want to call 911. But what we tell people, if it's not actively happening and it's a cold crime, like it happened in the last two, three hours or last night, Please don't tie up our 911. No, it's a big deal to you, but that is a non-emergent call because it's not happening now. Right. And, and you want to help the people that need it right the second. Absolutely. Right. So that non-emergency line is really helpful. And then also, can people utilize the app, the GoCOS app, if they see something amiss also? I think um, sometimes they can divert some of those things they can. to the it, That's to the more things like if there's a homeless issue or right. things like potholes and things like that. They can't report a crime on there. Right. But yes, they can u- utilize those for some other things um, going on in the neighborhood. It's a great app. Okay. Um, we tell people to do that too with, with homeless issues or abandoned vehicles. Right. right. In their neighborhood. We can get our code enforcement yep, out there. Absolutely. Yep. Cause a lot of people don't know either the police department no longer handles abandoned vehicles. That's the right. enforcement. So yeah, it's a great app. Um, phenomenal. We, we teach that to our neighborhood watch block captains and they use it almost daily. 
Yes, yes. They are involved. That's really good. Okay, so I want to encourage people. ColoradoSprings.gov slash police is the website that you can go that really gives you the ins and outs of the department. I mean, even if you're listening and you say, oh, I want to become a neighborhood watch captain or... um, We could use more. That would be great, right? Um, They're always recruiting for that. Or if you know of a neighbor who would be great in that position, um, nominate your neighbor. Um, And then I really encourage people, follow CSPD on social media because that's a great way to know what's happening in your neighborhood or places to avoid when mm-hmm. things are going on and um, just some good crime prevention tips on there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we have a Facebook page, we have a next door page, we have, what is it now? Instagram is now called what? X or not oh, Instagram, no, Twitter. Sorry, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is now yeah, X. X uh, yeah. So yeah, we have all those and we do, we do encourage people to look at that. You know, obviously if there's a natural disaster or something major going on in the city, they can get that notification real quick on social media. So, uh, but again, yeah, and we do always need neighborhood watch. I'll put one more plug in for that. Um, if somebody's interested in doing that, just simply reach out. And to it's your, not hard. It's, it's not no, a huge, it's so easy. not a it's, huge time commitment. No, it's not. Yeah. You take an online training class or we can do it in person, whatever is easiest uh, for that block captain. And it's not a huge time commitment. We usually tell people it's an hour or two a month forwarding emails and um, sending emails and, and communicating. Um, and it's a great way to know your neighborhood. So we come out uh, when they do a startup meeting, the CPO is my position, crime prevention officer. Uh, we come out and meet with the group, get everybody together, explain to them what it is and what it isn't. That's obviously not a posse group. We don't want you to go out there arresting right. people. But uh, but no, we just explain to it and it's great. And I we get so much good feedback uh, and we have about... 750 neighborhood watch block captains in the city right now. How long have you yourself been in the crime prevention? Six years. Wow, so I did okay. some of it when we used to have our old neighborhood policing unit back. Yes. I'm going to date myself 20 plus years ago. And the neighborhood policing unit was tied into it. And so right. I did it back then as well. So altogether, I have about probably 15 years experience with neighborhood watch and I love it. It's I was just going to say, what do you, things. what do you love? What keeps you going? The, the people. And, and, and just talking to people and hearing the openness of how they feel and, and the support they give us. That's one thing that a lot of people don't realize is the support we get from our community uh, for our police department or for our, our officers is phenomenal. And I love going into their homes. They invite us into their homes to talk about what's going on just like this. And we're real. We're going to tell them what's going on in the city. Um, but just to let them know how they can help themselves and help, help their neighbors. I love it. Um, they invite us in. They treat us um, well. We communicate with them every day. I mean, I, I communicate with at least 15 to 20 neighborhood watch block captains a day, whether it's email, phone, minimum a day, sometimes more. That is awesome. They're doing amazing work. They're, like I said, we couldn't do it without them. There's so no are way. you. So oh, are thank you. you. Thank you thank for you. all your work. Yeah. Thanks for your time on thank the you. show. And um, hopefully people will follow along and do what they can to prevent crime in your own neighborhoods. Thanks, MJ. We appreciate it. And thank you to Colorado Springs Police. And thanks for watching and listening to Behind the Springs. Have a great day, everybody.